Hey guys, welcome to the Talking Pad podcast. How are you doing? So, in this episode, I think <clears throat> we are going to look for some creepy pasta and stuff like that. Like some online weird stories. Ah, let's start. And oh, also that I have purchased I don't I have found a new mic, microphone. I hope the sound quality is better now. Like it should be. So, let's go and into the first one. Gateway of the Mind In 1983 a team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undisclosed facility the scientists had theorized that a human without access to any senses or ways to perceive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of god okay they believed that five senses clouded that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity and without them a human could actually establish connection with god by thought and already man who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only subject to volunteer to purge him all of all of his senses the scientists performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connecting to the brain was surgically severed although the test subject retained full muscular function he could not see hear taste smell or feel with no possible way to communicate with or even see sense the outside world he was alone with his thoughts okay it is getting a little scary like i've heard about this sensory deprivation you can make some mental breakthroughs with this as well like some new ideas and stuff but right now i'm alone at home and it's scary scientists monitor him as he spoke aloud about his state of mind in a jumbled slurred sentences that he couldn't even hear after four days the man claimed to be hearing hushed unintelligible unintelligible voices in his head assuming it was an onset of psychosis the scientist paid little attention to the man concerns two days later the man cried that he could hear his dead wife speaking with him and even more he could communicate back the scientists were intrigued but not convinced until the subject started naming naming dead relatives of the scientist he repeated repeated personal information to the scientists that only their dead spouses and parents would have known at this point a sizable portion of scientists left the study fucking hell fucking hell guys okay uh, there's more after a week of cons- conversing with deceased through through his thoughts the subject became distressed saying the voices are overwhelming in every waking moment his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices that refused to leave him alone he frequently threw himself against the wall trying to elicit a pain response he begged the scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices by sleeping this tactic worked for 3 days until he started having severe night terrors the subjects repeatedly said that he could see and hear the deceased in his dreams fucking hell okay guys it's good that it's day here because it is scary Oh. Only a day later, the subject began to scream and claw at his non-functional eyes, hoping to sense something in the physical world. The hysterical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell and the end of the world. At one point, he yelled, "No heaven, no forgiveness for five hours straight." He continually begged to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that he was close to establishing contact with God. Oh this is a old one right Oh After another day the subject could no longer form coherent sentences seemingly mad 
he started to bite off chunks of his flesh from his arm fuck the restrained the scientist rushed to the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not kill himself after a few hours of being tried down the sub- subject halted his struggling and screaming he stared blankly at the ceiling as tears dropped silently streaked across his face for two weeks the subject had to be manually rehydrated due to constant crying eventually he turned his head and despite his blindness despite his blindness made eye contact with the scientist for the first time in the study she whispered i have spoken with god and he has abandoned us his vital signs stopped there was no apparent cause of death oh my god so this is what this was the creepy pasta the gateway to the mind gateway of the mind oh my god although there are some explanations that have been provided for this stuff this disturbing stuff a recent study of degenerative diseases which targets the monitor motor functions and cognitive decline often leads to hallucinations of the deceased the death of targeted leads to loss of smell among other senses okay so they are explaining away with hallucinations and stuff like the side effect of drugs basically but how could he have named the dead relatives of that guy yeah it's really creepy how i there is some explanation to this that he could have been hallucinating stuff but yeah the weirdest thing is that oh my god the weirdest thing that he could name the dead and he was trying to claw off his eyes and stuff i don't think this is legal now i don't think so this stuff like if you have heard about there was also an experiment of 21 grams if you have heard like a scientist was trying to calculate the a scientist was trying to calculate the weight of the soul oh sorry for that voice for that noise yeah the scientist was trying to calculate the weight of the soul so what he did was he put several near death patients on he transferred the near death patients to a weight a bed which measured their weight apparently and when they died he instantly checked what their weight was and it almost in every single case it was 21 grams less so yeah but that experiment was also stopped in the middle he and is now yeah what's oh, very scary now it's the creepy pass of the month 29th dragon let's go and read this one atop the salt encrusted docks and piers of seattle squats an ugly clapboard shack its windows smeared with grime and the walls draped in fishing nets the oil slick an aptly named bar riddled with age and barnacles but a sanctuary to the swarm of deckhands and sailors that spend their days scurrying across the rotting huts of ships and their nights slipping into a drunken stupor it's a rough bar where a careless comment will earn you a punch to the face and a long fall into grimy waters below on any given night one can find an aged chinese sailor curled up against the bar a broad-shouldered old salt with a bulging gut and an empty stare 
pasted across his wide face. His his name is Hao Ming, but to the regular flotsam of the pub, he is known and as the man of the twenty-eight dragons. Twenty-eight scary tattooed reptiles twine serious sinuously across his arms and legs, twit and twist menacingly across the bunched muscles on his back. Who oh, apparently he is a calisthenics guy. Hao claims each dragon represents a crucial part of his life. Story is transformed into ink. Buy him a drink and he'll be happy to share the thrilling tales behind each one. Carefully describing how the dragon's color represents joy, terror, love, loss, and death. Visit him twenty-eight nights and buy him twenty-eight drinks, and the powerful stories of his life will weave and merge before your eyes until they resolve into the aging man drinking next to you. And then satisfy you have exhausted his treasury of adventures. You will excuse yourself and float out into the night. The light and noise of the oil slick bobbing away across the darkness, and the man of the twenty-eight dragons will finish his drink and clutch his faded shirt to his chest. His last secret, his hidden dragon safe. He swore long ago to never reveal the tattoo or the story of any living soul, and he never has, except once, once on a stormy night when the rain spattered ink across the grimy windows, and the wind howled through the cracked wood. When he told the story to me, okay. It began as an entertaining night as I leaned on the counter, sipping my poison and watching Ming pummel the face of some quartermaster who had drunkenly slurred a remark pertaining to damn slant eyes from across the bar. Stumbling backwards, the sailor grabbed at Ming's shirt, tearing the front and momentarily revealing Ming's chest. With a roar, Ming caught him under the chin and drunkenly stamped. Slumped him to the floor. Game over. Ming pulled his shirt back across with his shoulders and walked to his drink. The noise in the bar returned to normal. Everyone laughing and continuing their private banter. I was the only one who noticed it. The black serpent, the black serpent, scrawled over his heart. A Chinese dragon, its broad tail curling in loops behind it, long whispers sprouting from its face like tangles of wet hair. Arming myself with the twin barrels of guile and alcohol, I took the seat next to him and offered him several slugs of amber liquid. He requested, he recognized me as one of the regulars and knowingly accepted my offer. Okay, friend, he winked, holding out his arms. What story do you want to hear tonight? I pointed my finger at his chest, indicating a hidden serpent curled around his heart. He smiled, vanished. His smile vanished in a flash. With an inscrutable gaze, he. Stared into my eyes. His heavy lips curled into a frown. Almost a grimace. No good story. He grunted. Forget you've seen it, okay? I was tempted to tempted to give up, but noticed he was rocking slightly in his chair. Seizing my chance, I clapped him on on the shoulder. Telling him not to worry about it, and ordering him several more drinks, in the spirit of goodwill. Two hours and a frozen drink, and a dozen drinks later, he broke. He began to sob quietly into his cup, telling me he was sorry, that he wanted to tell me, but he swore he wouldn't. With the precision of a surgeon, I knifed across his slurred words and stabbed him into his psyche, prodding and poking until he dissolved completely. Closing his eyes, he began the story of the black dragon. I share it with you here. <clears throat> okay, 
This sounds a little made up, but it's pretty interesting. The old creeper threaded its way across the currents of South China Sea. With the hull filled with rice, she was bound on a three-week trip to Sydney. Ming, the lines of age not yet etched so deeply into his face, was a simple duck hand on the rusted peeling bucket. The days rolled into nights as Ming performed his duties. His mind locked on their destination. The poor condition of ship meant it needed a long overhaul in dry dock. When it reached the port, granting the crew a long shore leave, the men joked every night around the dim steel cabin, out the things they would drink, the places they would go, the women they would meet. But on the tenth day of the voyage, fate rose its middle finger against the ship and Ming's life. As the morning wore on, a steady breeze from the north quickly built into a typhoon. Waves pounded against and over the ship, as stinging wind tore across the bow. For the next thirty hours, Ming and the crew struggled against the howling chaos. Shifting ballast and pumping the holds, each man put every ounce of strength into saving the clipper and ultimately his own life. Two of the crew were torn from the deck and swallowed by the storm. And in the long last, there was nothing left but to sit in the dark cabin and beg Poseidon for mercy. The crew awoke to a cloudless sunrise, the sea once again tranquil and flat. Walking outside, they surveyed the damage. The rudder had been torn free and the engine blocks destroyed. The ship was adrift. The cargo hold had been folded, the cargo lost. Even worse, the crashing waves had reached over the boat and sheared off the communication tower. Without radio or navigation, low on food and fresh water, the crippled ship drifted helplessly across the blue expanse. Ming lay prostrated on the metal deck. Feeling the sun beat savagely against his body, three nights ago, the food supplies had run out and the water was put on ration. A deckhand had died of an infected wound. Another injured man had escaped slowly, slow lingering death by hanging himself. Morale was nil. Even the captain had begun to hide the end of his own pistol. The next night, a light appeared on the horizon. Rescuel! Rescuel! cried the men to one another. They quickly built and lit a signal fire on the deck and waved flashlights into the dark, yelling and screaming out their saviors. Their efforts were successful. The bright light was moving closer. At this point in the story, Ming dropped his voice into a low whisper. The crew's elation only rose as the ship drew near. Soon as the second light could be discerned under the first, the glow from the ship lit the dark outlines of the men on the deck. They laughed and shouted. Hello across the water, but not Ming. Backing away from the light, Ming stumbled down the deck until he reached the cabin. Peering out of the metal porthole, he watched the men slowly realize what he had noticed first. There, there weren't two lights. There was one light. Reflecting off the undisturbed surface of water above, floating high over the waves, the ship glided into view. A dull silver dome, hundreds of meters across, eclipsed the star as it bore down upon the boat its underside blazing with the inferno of the sun. A fire of light climbed up the sides of the hull and spilled across the deck, enveloping the crew. Heart hammering, Mild collapsed below the porthole. Outside, he hears the surprise cries of men rising above the crackling of luminous air. A pistol shot rings out, and another. Ming flees across the cabin, spotting a metal locker. He ducks inside, pulling the door shut. More shot. Then he cries of the men, morph into scream and shrieks. Crouched over, Ming peers through a gap along the floor of the locker. Suddenly, the screams drop in mid-breath. 
a spear of light smashed into the board the steel hull groaning and twisted the inferno spread across the length of the board penetrating into the cabin the light bounces from the gap in ming's eyes with a yell he falls back the blaze vanishes silence through the ships ears ringing and eyes burning ming's head reels he crouches down to peer through the crack again nothing minutes pass with short breath he slowly reaches reaches up to the latch but as the vision swings back into his clouded eyes and ringing in his head subsides he freezes a soft noise brushes against the cloud of the silence Half deafened by the hammering of his heart, Ming listens to the stillness outside. Bad, 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 bad. He leans down to the slit and peers across the cavern, blinking darkness out of his eyes. Bad, 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 bad. The gentle disturbance growing louder. Bad, 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 bad. Struggling to see what lies beyond the upper edge of his vision, he lays his head flat against the metal door. A long black tendril drips from the darkness above. Bat. Ming nearly cries out. He swallows before it escapes his lips. Wide-eyed, he gazes as the thin leg of some unknown creature gently t- slaps against the floor. Bat. Cylindrical in an inch wide, the legs end in a knobby stub that flattens as it hits the metal. Bat. The legs stalk back and forth in front of the locker. The gentle rustling of disturb leaves the feet patter as the creature slowly walks the length of the cavern the tentrils pause in front of the locker frozen in fear ming watches as they delicately lumber closer silence with a softer sound than before like the brushing aside of a curtain unseen arms explore the door of the locker prodding searching A sharp screech of metal and the latch begins to rattle. Ming clamps his eyes shut. A sudden brilliance of light flows in from the gap. A sudden pitter and the latch falls down. Soft footsteps retreating the cabin. The light disappears. Once again, Ming is left in blackness. The next morning, he slowly exits the locker and wanders onto the deck. The boat is devoid of life. The deck and the cabin seemed glossy black. A wide hole melted through the steel yawns into the hull below. Quickly, Ming grabs the remaining fresh water and stores them into the ship's lifeboat. Along with a scorched pistol, he finds near the railing. With starvation, a certainty he casts away from the clipper, rowing endlessly until its dark shape disappears over the horizon. The next day, he is discovered and rescued by an Australian freighter. He raises deliriously of floating lights, thin tendrils of leg that slap, and soft rustling in the night. A week later, he explains to an official inquiry that the ship's fuel tanks exploded and sunk with all hands but himself. The clipper is never found, and the public's interest fades. Ming moves on with his life. As he finishes his story, he opens his eyes. I am not. I am astonished, not to mention doubtful, at his wavered account. Still, I can't figure out why he kept such an incredible tale silent for so long. I ask. He turns towards me, te- tears rolling down from his ring, from the wrinkled corners of his eyes. I shouldn't have told you the story. He mumbles. I know tell story, and people stay happy. Annoyed, I grab my hat and 
rise to leave. Suddenly he grabs my coat in hands and pulls me towards his face. The sounds, he cries. I hear them before, I hear them after. My whole life I hear them, but not see them. Now I know. I know what stalks in the night outside my window. He waves a finger in front of my face. You hear them too, but you know what they are. You don't know what they are. I know. They're following you too. Behind you in the shadows, anguished. He screams, spit and tears falling off his face. Always, always they are watching you. Watching you from the darkness. Hmm. An awesome story. The step scale was pretty scary. Like those spit pad of steps. It's just so it's like so descriptive, spooky and yeah, creative. Hmm. It is about a weird being. I don't know what fascinates about these creatures. But yeah, something always looms like especially about the ocean. Like the sea is just so much left to discover in the sea. I know I don't know if I'm right, but I've heard a lot of people say that we have discovered more about space than about the sea. I don't know. We don't know what creatures lie there. I don't know. We are always fascinated by the paranormal, aren't we? Like I always notice when I make these episodes, I always get more listeners and stuff like that. Yeah, but it was a good break from the first story. The first one was a really creepy. Yeah, the first one was creepy. Second one was a bit adventurous. It was it did get scary in the beginning, but yeah, it was awesome. The gateway of the mind, yeah, that was really creepy. Hopefully you guys liked it. I would love to know if you guys want more episodes like this. If you want to find more about the podcast, you can message me or if you have got any stories, you can message me at guytalknp.gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, although I'm not at all active there. But yeah, I will be if I received some followers. You can join us on Discord to have more chats about stuff. And if you like these episodes, thank you for listening. But yeah, if you love these episodes, you can review the podcast. And I'm so grateful, guys. And I just got this new mic, so I'm fingering this shit out. Thank you for tolerating. Goodbye.